So it's about 6.45 in the morning on a Monday. Um, I've been up since 3. And I don't know why I keep drawing out my hands. I continue to do that. It's a verbal tick I'm going to try to become more aware of and attempt to prevent. But first off, I want to apologize for anybody who does listen to my rants, my, my story, or however you want to label what it is I do here on my podcast. Um, I just listened to a call-in that was 17 days old. And for those of you who engaged with me in the beginning of this journey, um, even up until like New Year's, you know how quickly I am to respond, engage, and take everybody else's thoughts in, but not necessarily allow them to steer me. Um, and the fact that somebody told me thank you, not going into the details of which, but a simple thank you, 17 days ago, and not only did I fail to recognize that and have conversation with them, but I didn't get to receive it. I didn't get to enjoy the gratitude that somebody else shared towards something that I'm working on. And isn't that kind of the whole point of the majority of what we do in life is to bring some sort of result to others, whether it's happiness or in a moment of character flaw spite, and we're trying to bring misery upon others. Um, A lot of our actions are meant for other people, and especially when it comes to podcasting. Um, As much as we can say that it's for selfish internal reasons, the reason, the majority of the reason why we're putting out there is for other people to be witness to it. And I really robbed myself and the person who told me thank you uh, from the, the pleasures that gratitude have to offer. So um, I've been highly disengaged with myself as far as sharing on social platforms. Um, It's just inexcusable. But I'll go into that here in a little bit more. But yeah, so I got up at three. Um, It wasn't really a productive morning per se. It was for me because I got to watch a show called Billions that I like. I was going to stay up late and watch it last night while I worked on some work, but then I decided that it's a show that I greatly enjoy, and I become quite engrossed in easily, so it'd probably be something that I could roll out of bed and jump right into, and not have to worry about nodding off or anything else like that, so uh, I enjoyed half a pot of coffee while watching my show. Um, took care of a couple things on my Star Wars game. You know, nothing too important. And spent some time quietly. Um, you know, thinking amongst myself. Feeling my, out my emotions, my bodies, my week. How I felt about some of my goals for the week. And as much as a TV show and a game on my phone are a distraction, I was able to use them as a tool to create the habit of getting up early. And it is half of a cop-out, I will admit, because they don't necessarily add step towards a particular goal. But um, 
that's a whole other topic and a whole other battle that I, I challenge myself with on a constant basis. And we'll discuss that at another time when I have more to speak on. But for, for the sake of needing to create the habit of getting up early, uh, the TV show and the app serve purpose quite well today. So, uh, so on another front, part of the reason why I had to get up at 3 a.m., because uh, I wanted to be fully awake so I could help my wife get up so that way she can go for a run with me at 5 a.m. Um, so part of her getting up early is I have to be up early. And I've been failing at that quite miserably. So it was good to be able to kind of do that on my own terms. Um, so with the diet bet, uh, so for the last week, I have done terrible, terrible, terrible. First two weeks, we did fairly well. Um, I did almost no working out at all, but my diet was fairly clean. I dropped, I think, seven, six or seven of the pounds in the first two weeks just by switching up my diet. Um, and then at my lowest point, I dropped about nine pounds, but that day I was highly hydrated, so I pushed out a lot of water weight. Um, but yeah, so after some fast food, a wedding, and Cinco de Mayo, uh, last night when I weighed in, I was at 90, uh, 295.4, and I have to be at 287 or 286, I believe, to win the bet. I think it's 286.8. So, needless to say, I have roughly nine pounds to lose, if my math's correct. Yeah, roughly, roughly nine pounds to lose. Um, which for me, that's not going to be too hard because a lot of the weight that I'm holding right now is inflammation and water weight from eating the fast food um, and other you know poor choices like chips and pasta over the weekend at the wedding and really low quality meatballs that were pre-frozen. So my body's fairly reactive to things like that, especially when I'm in this poor of condition. And not being, you know, at a lower body fat percentage. So I'll probably be able to lose four pounds easily just in the water weight and inflammation. Um, and then the other ones, I'm probably really going to have to kick the sweat cardio up into high gear. To push out probably another three pounds of water weight. And then the other two pounds I should be able to take care of just by cleaning up the diet and with the lifting routine. So I'm not really concerned. Uh, the harder part is going to be for my wife because she's not as big of a sweater as I am. So she can't throw on a hoodie and then hit the Stairmaster for two hours and then walk away four pounds lighter. Um, so she has about five pounds to lose. So we'll see what can happen. Um, you know, we're really, really looking forward to the challenge of pushing ourselves again. Because it's been a really long time since either of us had had reason to push ourselves physically. And when it comes to going to the gym and just completely obliterating yourself to the point where you don't want to can't move uh, it's not necessarily a good thing to do all the time but that feeling alive and like you're surviving for me at least and normally with her brings a certain level of excitement um, and I really don't know how to explain it unless you've experienced it you know exactly what I'm talking about when you push yourself physically to the point of complete breakdown mentally and physically um, the recovery of it's 
just there's almost nothing else like it that I've ever experienced. So, yeah, so going back to uh, the disengagement with myself. So I think part of what happened as things, you know, were starting to unfold, I took my sabbatical, how much do I want to document versus curate? Um, Should I make it more structured for more easily digestion and more purposeful listening and everything else? And the conclusion that I came up with was this was 100% always about finding a place for me to share my story and the means that I communicate best because my writing skills aren't that well or that strong that well well is probably not the right word as you can see um grammar I'm not really good at it yet something that I wish to improve upon um vocabulary eh, I'm a terrible speller so sometimes it's a challenge But I feel like I think very well out loud. Being able to say something and say it a little bit indirectly and then being able to continue to talk myself through it so I can really get down to the point and quote-unquote land the plane. Um, So I find, for me, my best communication style is verbally because I just don't think in words very well. And I have some theories on why that is that we'll discuss it once again another time but the main point is I really like communicating verbally and that's what this was um, you know I'm not going to write a biography but I might speak one what ended up happening was I started looking at those around me um, and those slightly ahead of me too so you know my personal inner circle um, people with similar activities and motives And I felt like an outlier again, which was weird because the entire point of this podcast was to show what it looks like when you're not good, uh, when you have audacious goals and are struggling to get there and be more relatable. And in doing that, I stepped out of one circle of reference or perspective and became an outlier in another. And to accept that I'm always going to be an outlier. You are always going to be an outlier. Is, I feel, the best way to deal with it. Because as you zoom out and look at the world around you. And don't be so single-mindedly focused on self. You'll understand that you're uniquely different than everybody else around you. Every other thing around you. You might have more commonalities with an organization, with a group of people or something else, but in your unique interpretations and everything else, you can, you're still going to be an outlier, right? Like, just because you're a rock fan doesn't mean you like ACDC. Um, I grew up with more like Kiss Poison in the house, Bon Jovi. So... Zeppelin, ACDC, and ZZ Top aren't really on my top listen list when I'm in the mood to listen to rock music. So, my wife's the exact opposite. You know, she doesn't like Kiss and Bon Jovi that much. So, even if you're in the category of rock music and you find comfort in people who like rock music and going to rock concerts, you're still an outlier in which the bands that you singularly like. And you're never going to fully fit in. 
And for some reason, I got caught in that that racket of thinking that I'm going to belong fully somewhere. And the only place that you ever fully belong, I believe, is to yourself. And the own reality that exists only to you, that nobody else can see. And that's something I had to accept. And the other thing as well is because some of my goals are so outrageous um, or some of the, the things that would happen or I experience, I feel were slightly unbelievable. I felt insecure about sharing them. And the other part that really ties into that that was bothering me was not only was I insecure about sharing them, but because my processes are slightly unique to me, or greatly unique to me, if I'm being fully honest, um, they're not necessarily duplicatable. I don't recommend everybody do things the way that I do them because it's not best practice for all. It's best practice for me. And because I'm sharing my story, all I was doing was sharing, and I wasn't necessarily being able to give the secret sauce or design a plan or a layout that other people could follow and achieve the same things. I almost felt like a a cheat to the audience and anybody who would have been paying attention to my story. And I think that's where the initial anxiety between curation and storytelling came from and documentation. So I've, I've come to terms with anybody who does anything of value is unbelievable. Anybody that performs their own art are unbelievable to those who are not performing, right? Like, to me, art isn't necessarily the way you draw or paint or color even. To me, it doesn't have to be music or anything. I find art and sports and movement of the body. Um, I think soccer and basketball, when played well, are some of the most beautiful things to watch. And I enjoy those on the same level that somebody else would enjoy some of the great artists, you know, a Da Vinci or some sort of sculpture or something. I don't know art that well, so I'm not going to just keep on randomly saying names and hoping I, I peg an example. But the way some people build businesses or create cultures within a business, I feel is artistic. And even when you watch somebody like play, a, like use a yo-yo and competitive yo-yoing or cup stacking, like that is unbelievable that they can achieve those things. And in those moments of what they're doing, that is their art. And I think if we're all working towards something that we're passionate about and developing that skill required and the emotional connection with what we do, whatever it is we apply ourselves to in that way becomes unbelievable. The results should be unbelievable. You know, some people are artistic in their discipline, how they wake up at the exact same 
time every single day. Their obsessive compulsive uh, tendencies to keep their house perfectly straight and organized. And if a lamp's twisted slightly, they know. Or, you know, like that's that to me, because it's an obsession and something that they work on keeping a certain way at all times. And, you know, they might not consciously think that their OCD is something that they're crafting. But if they're not trying to fight it, chances are they're improving upon how obsessive, compulsive they are. Which then in turn makes it a form of art. So, back to the original point. Whatever your art is will be unbelievable to those who don't share that art. And even to some who do share it, but haven't figured it out, could be unbelievable. And I didn't come to that conclusion, honestly, until this morning. After my cup of coffee, after playing Star Wars, after watching Billions. I told myself, you know, I really need to record today. What has been preventing me from so? And this idea of art expression bouncing around again actually came from me finishing last week uh, Seth Godin's book, The Lynchpin, which I found because of Billions. Because in Billions, the show referenced to Seth Godin and The Dip. It's that point that you feel that feels like failure, but if you just push through it, it takes you to success. And that made me start looking up the dip. Well, I couldn't find a PDF of the dip or an audio version of the the dip on YouTube because I'm being a cheap ass. But the other thing that Seth Godin had on there was the lunchpin. So I listened to the lunchpin, and he talked about art and making art and being artistic and being an artist in what you do is what separates you from the other drone employees in this field or sector that you want to be in. That's how you beat the competition. Is to create art in your profession. And that kind of helped build the foundation for what I'm talking about right now and really helped me get over my self-hurdles. So my recommendation isn't to everybody to go watch TV shows. Or listen to free audiobooks on YouTube. But what I can say without a certainty of a doubt is if you're looking for answers to questions you have about life, to things you're struggling with, or you try to find learning opportunities and appreciation for everything you participate in, um, you'll find answers everywhere. You see things every day to answer questions. You hear things every day. You participate in things every single day that could answer the hard questions that you've been asking yourself, that you've been begging and praying for answers. The problem is you're just not looking at them the right way. Um, You know, you're looking for ways to make, to, to get better at spending money and create better buying habits and spending habits. When was the last time you actually looked at your checkbook or your bank account 
and seeing where you're spending your money. Do you use an app like Mint to help organize your spending and categorize your spending so that way you can set a budget and see where you're making most of your money go? Um, you know, the answer is always in front of you. And it's all about framing what's happening in the proper perspective so that way you can learn. Like sometimes you might not learn how to do the thing that you wish to do, but you can see exactly how not to do it. Um, so yeah, that's that's my my Monday morning rant. I'm headed into the office and traffic sucks. Fog's terrible. And it kind of sounds like it should be the banging of the talk, right? But it wasn't. Um, so a little side note too, the wife and I, we did 1.2 miles in 22 minutes, I think it was. Average mile pace of like 17 minutes, I believe is what Matt, my run, told us. Um, we did a combination of run, jog, or run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. Kind of based on the stop signs. So once you cross one stop sign, start jogging. Once you cross the other one, start walking. And, you know, the roads aren't even or anything, which gave it a nice variability. But I'm just trying to share. I don't even care anymore. Like, selfishly, I'm doing this for me. With the hope that somebody will listen and be able to take something away from it. If you've made it this far, be sure you look me up on iTunes or Google Play or whatever apps that were on here. I highly recommend the iTunes or Google Play because who knows what the third-party apps are going to do eventually. Um, and click subscribe. The Beast Within You on podcast or The Beast Within You on Google Play. should be able to find me. And follow me there. Subscribe to me there. Because like I said, I have no idea what this app's going to do in the long term. None of us do. And if my story is something that you like listening to, maybe it's not you want to listen every single day, but if you subscribe, I'll automatically download depending on how you have your settings set up. And uh, that way you won't miss any announcements. That way you'll at least have the story there in case you do want to listen to it. And uh, so, yeah. I don't know. But jump off here, though, and try to make up some time. And, uh, yeah. That's my story. I'm sticking to it.